So have you all been to any good Philly Tech Week stuff? Yeah, I went to uh, PromptWorks where Lynn and Jervon and I all used to work. They had a, was it called a Senior Dev Day, Pam? Yeah, it was Senior Developer and Leader Day, I believe. Oh. They did that to make it, like, if you aren't, like, if you're a manager, you're allowed to come. <laughs> but it was, it was pretty nice, like, how they had it set up. Um, I spoke on a panel on software craftsmanship, and Pam spoke on a panel on pairing. Pam, I thought you were very anti-pairing. What is that about? I don't. I'm pretty pro-pairing. I think that that change, that might have been a change. I like don't remember mm. being anti-pairing, but I always <laughs> had strong opinions, so I probably was really anti when I was anti. I'm probably anti-pairing in certain situations. I'm anti-pairing like pairing without discussion about like, why are you pairing? What are you doing? What are your goals? Why are you doing this? Um, Is that pairing, I'm, though? Ooh, yeah. See, see, no, but like, but that's like, that's what I would say with the pro pairing of like, like sitting next to each other is not pairing. Like, I think that that's what we've had when I've ranted about pairing when people like when people use pairing as a proxy for um, just like, I want you to help me with something. <laughs> like, and they right. say, and I mean, I've definitely done that to people because <laughs> um, it works. But, like, it really should be a two-way street. Like, like I have hated pairing when I felt like someone was taking advantage of my kindness, um, which really gets my goat. Understandably, I think. Like, it's a shitty thing to do, to take advantage of someone's kindness. And if you do it, you are a shitty person. Um, how do you not like take advantage they, of people's kindness? That? How would someone take advantage of your kindness? Um, yeah, like in a pairing situation. Like, like taking, like... Like asking a pair without like or with appearing to not have thought a little bit about like what you might be working on or what your priorities might be at the time and just only thinking about themselves. And when they're thinking about themselves, they think, oh, I have a problem and Pam is good at solving problems like this. And so I'm going to like walk over right now and like ask her like without like like the most basic of research and like the most basic like does this make sense right now what will pam get out of pairing with me when i when i imagine pairing i imagine it as like a team-wide thing that you do at the beginning of the day you decide who your pair is and you're with them the entire day working on the same set of problems not like pulling somebody aside like robbing their time <laughs> yeah so that's that's what i'm referring to there so like yeah I, like i i consider it like like the over the shoulder like coding oh. together like that's that's very like anti not that's like very not pairing to me exactly that's 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 let's pair together except like you're going to do all the work and i'm just gonna sit there and make useless comments every so often <laughs> it's like go away like this is not pleasant that actually came up uh during the software craftsmanship panel like a clarification of what pairing was did it come up well before you were there in the morning oh, at, at previous sessions in, in the panel i was on i have not gone to any tech quick events I was going to go to one on, like, embedded computers. Like, they were doing stuff with the TI. Calculator? TI. Uh, I guess it's the TI equivalent of the Arduinos. Um, I forget the right model number. But then it's like, at the end of the day, I was like, ah, I'm tired. No exercise. Um, yeah. I missed Senior Dev Day. But talked to you in that morning, so I got all the information that you were going to talk about anyway. <laughs> so what was your panel, Justin? It was about software craftsmanship. Did they do videos? I saw, like, a camera. They did. They did. Uh, they recorded the screen, and also they had a camera, and they did audio, and they... Um, Jason Garber, who's uh, one of the co-founders of PromptWorks, was explaining the setup to me, and it seemed pretty uh, 
professional. They were like sending audio from the front over Bluetooth to the camera to record and slick. So anytime that they're not there, that thing never worked. Well, yeah, it seems like you you need somebody to set all that up. To to and to monitor it to make sure it stays alive. Yeah, like audio video is not like a trivial thing to. No, I mean it's... I wish it was like you just like turn this thing on and it just recorded for yeah. you and it looked good, but no, like, you need to put work into it. Is there something like Philly Tech Week in Seattle? Then every week is Seattle Tech Week. Yeah, although they renamed it to Amazon Tech Week. Amazon did have like a one day web dev conference that I tried to sign up for too late. It was free, but you had to sign up like a week ahead of time for some reason. Apparently, somebody demoed Wraith. It takes screenshots, so it does like image diffing, so you can basically run CI, and then you get this like uh, report of anything that's changed from your like production and staging server. And you can set up different screen sizes and have it run, and it does like like different blurring things because apparently anti-aliasing can actually have like false positives about image changes so it'll, it'll like blur the image a little bit then do a diff it's really cool really slow it's <laughs> it called again Wraith. yeah i feel like this tool it? has existed like multiple times in the past like since i've been a web developer like every year somebody releases one of these tools it's pretty slick i mean it takes only this one made it to amazon conference though man <laughs> <laughs> it takes like 40 40 minutes to run two screenshots for some reason we have like five different sizes yeah for a bunch of screens wow you know what's really hard? Hmm. Conference proposals. What conference are you submitting to? What are to? you? Yeah, what are you working on? So QCon New York is actually next month, but they still have speaker uh, speaker slots open. So I've been trying to um, pitch some talks to them, um, and then Strange Loop is closing soon. So I kind of want to get into try at least submit. Oh snap! When Strange Loop? When's Strange Loop closing? The ninth. It's not like super. It was five days. No, that's Monday. Yeah. When's when Strange Loop? September fifteenth and sixteenth, I think. Fifteenth and sixteenth. Okay. It's in September for sure. I'm not sure of the dates. Yeah, I might be able to do that. That's not. Uh, sometimes it is the same weekend as City to Shore. Um, the bike ride. Oh yeah, last year it was, but because of the Pope or something, they cancel it, right? Right, because it no, was, it was Pope a, weekend, okay. and then they moved. No, no, no. You got it. It was. Okay. City, it was the same weekend as City to Shore, but then they moved City to Shore because the Pope wins compared to City to Shore, uh, and then City to Shore got canceled last year because of a hurricane. So, <laughs> so it happens. You can't control the weather, but yeah. I have a real hard time with conference proposals too. Like, oh, X is a good thing. Let's talk about X. Yeah, I've pitched a few conferences this year and haven't gotten in. So I mean, I I mean, hopefully that's helpful to people who are like who I, I it's one of those things too of like a bias, like confirmation bias. Um, oh, I should find this. So um, that so uh, my my partner was telling me about a, an academic who wrote a failures CV, um, like a curriculum vitae, like is in academia where you list like all your papers and all like the spiel and stuff you've done. So he like this professor actually made a cv of all the things that they had failed to get in like all the all the papers that they had proposed all the work they'd done that didn't get anywhere and then like the sad irony is that their failure cv is more popular than any of their research um but anyway but i've been having a rough year for i i've been pitching and i haven't gotten in anywhere i uh so i also fail a lot at this i submit to a lot of conferences or not a lot but some uh yeah, but more, i've been more asking for feedback <laughs> yeah i've been asking for feedback um and what have you I, gotten I, so uh submit early 
don't wait till like the last week. Um, oh, because then, then they might have like read your. They can give you stuff. feedback and help you out um, if they if they end up reading it. Uh, also, I guess it depends on like how they vote. But like I've seen, uh, I haven't like participated, but I've seen like submission things before for conferences where like the things come in and people start commenting or like voting on them before they're all in. So I imagine like people that submit earlier are kind of skewed better. Yeah. Um, be specific. Uh, some of my proposals have been like yeah i want to talk about this and i don't like i say like why it's cool but not like uh like a specific thing that could be covered in like 40 minutes or 30 minutes however long your slot is like be very clear about uh what you're going to cover and that you're able to cover it in that time and the audience is going to walk away with uh, with something from it instead of just like here are these things I mean, I also, I also feel like there's definitely a factor of, I mean, this is all the good conference proposal advice, but there's also just like, I feel like last year is that I had like a really hot topic that like, so everywhere I submitted it pretty much it got in um, because it was related to functional programming and uh, data structures. Um, so, so I just think like, since I'm, I'm proposing some different stuff this year, it's just, it's either, it, like, it's not as like hot or, you know. Yeah, I and it's topical and interesting, hot. obviously, because I like, but like, like, it's one of those things, like every year, some people are looking for particular kinds of talks. So if you do pay attention to trends, like if you submit a talk related to one of those trends, like you will make conference organizers happy because like they're looking for something to fill that niche. And hot could also equate to like, um, exciting, right? So you can make something that's not like, if it's not in the mainstream now, if you make it sound exciting and get that person who's reading it to be like, oh, maybe this is something, maybe should I be looking at this? Um, yeah, there's always like, there's always like the weird me. angle. Yeah. Of so like, if you're, if you're a good writer, yeah, yeah. if you're a good writer, then you might be able to pull it off. I think I'm ready to work on a talk, but I don't know what to talk about. I feel like everything that I'm working on at work currently is either too specific to our use case or... On the other hand, we're just kind of trying to use the most conventional, like, Rails way as possible. And there's not, like, a whole lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I really like that idea that I pitched you yesterday. Which one was that? It was, like, pick uh, one of the tools uh, and, like, something in the tool, like like the Shamir secret from Vault, and talk about that. Yeah. I, I know you're not as just as scary, but you could do something, like, from console or Nomad. Or, that way you're killing two birds with one stone, you know? Yeah, maybe. Making the, making the job happy. There has to be something in your entire suite that you like. I know. I, I was talking to uh, Sarah Gray yesterday after our panel. She's also on the Software Craftsmanship panel. And uh, we were talking about like how um, when we were mentioning like testing, like I could probably just talk like for like a few hours about specific testing in like a specific language or framework. Um, so uh, she suggested maybe like a like a local meetup talk about like our spec or something like have you ever seen the website better specs.org mm-hmm. the best practices for our spec it's like a yeah, style yeah kind of like that like kind of the things that like i tend to like nitpicking code, code review or like the way that i start writing like a test in our spec like get like really detailed into like what and why all these things do and i don't know how interesting that is but um over the weekend, I um, I wanted to figure out a way, <laughs> circling back to CrossFit, I wanted to figure out a way that I could like 
get the workout of the day from my gym uh, every day. So the first thing I did is the same thing that Len did for his gym, which was uh, there's an RSS feed in the blog, and then I put it in if this and that and have it text me every night. Wait, does, R- does if have just RSS now? Yeah, it was like a feed option. You just put the feed URL in and it just sends it to you. Oh, I actually made a Feedly account just for... I just added my... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can just put a RSS feed right right into it without Feedly. Um, and you can do that. And then I also noticed, like, I tried both uh, uh, SMS and uh, the if this and that notifications in the app. I noticed yeah. that you're using the if this and that, the if app uh, <laughs> notifications. Um, and I found that the if notifications were formatted really weird and also had, like, a layer of indirection to actually get to the URL to view it, whereas the text messages, I could just, like, see most of the message properly formatted and have a link that I can click right away and open it in a native Safari. So, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, I um, I was, like, I would like to get these in the terminal for, for whatever reason. <laughs> so then I was uh, playing with Go and uh, built a little tool to... It's called Blast Post, uh, and I, I should have it uh, up. I'm gonna work on it more this weekend. I should have it up before um, before this podcast goes out, or around the same time. Um, it's called Last Post, so you just call Last Post and give it a feed URL, and it should it should in quotes uh, print out the the text of the last post of the feed uh, properly formatted. And then I went down this rabbit hole of like, well, I want to print out the date too, and I wish the date was relative. And there's no port of time ago in words um, from Rails to Golang. Uh, so then I, I worked on that over the weekend. <laughs> um, I just poured, I, I copied the test suite over and changed it to like a Go format and then rewrote time ago in words. Go format's pretty great, right? How do you feel about Go format? Sorry, I, I meant to say, I don't know what, how much you do that, you call it. Uh, I know you stepped away for a second. I was saying, like, I just kind of moved the test from Rails into a Go. Oh, oh you Go didn't like mean format. actually using Go format. <laughs> I do use Go format. Yeah, I actually use a great. tool called Go Imports, which is like Go format, but it actually automatically imports and de imports things for you. Because if you Ooh, import nice. something in Go and you don't use it, it's a compiler error. So Go Imports yep. does that automatically for you. So yeah, I, I didn't port the code from, from Rails, but I did port the tests. And then once the tests were ported, then I rewrote it from each passing test case so that was fun uh and yeah so what what started as like hey i want to get the work out of the day ended up with two new go projects and the the last post has like a lot of uh use cases like you can uh you could do like a github or heroku status feed and then uh so then you could like get like is github up so um and like so you just do last post and then the github status url uh, feed URL. And then for any of these, you can just alias it to bash to be like, you know, GitHub status. Or for me, like for work out of the day, I just have like WOD as a bash alias to last post and then the my gym's feed. So that was a pretty cool utility. Now I have to upload it this weekend. <laughs> I wish JavaScript had go format. Mm. I hate semicolons so much. <laughs> in my project so it's it sucks but there's different standards and then you'll go from project to project and i personally like not having semicolons but then you just get the muscle memory one way or the other and like going between the two is just maddening so i wrote i did i actually use that emacs script you sent me justin so like i can not type semicolons and then i save the file and it runs eslint dash dash fix which adds my semicolons but 
my editor kind of like locks up for a second, which is surprisingly infuriating. <laughs> I thought Emacs wasn't supposed to do that. Like, wasn't it supposed to be like async? There's probably a way to make that async. It might just be revert file because it like it like reloads a file from disk. Mm-hmm. It's only like a second, but I don't know. Len, are you it's calling save to me? Like, there's a function uh, called save. I think so. I wonder if you just edit the buffer and then you call save yourself. But I guess the whole point is to have it automated. Yeah, it's it's an on it's a save hook. You should map that to uh, a keyboard binding to just run it. So it runs. So it has to run ESLint like dash dash fix like out of process like okay. shells out to it, and then and then it just calls revert buffer. I have a teammate who's an Emacs guru. Oh really? I'll, I'll ask That's him pretty about useful. It. Yeah, it's great to have him on or have the person on my team. Uh, do we want to do picks? Yeah, it's close to yes. time. Yeah, I I actually um, had some. Ooh, yeah, this is the one I'm going with. So, um, Hyper Polyglot is a cool site, which is has programming languages with commonly used features in a side-by-side format. So it's kind of like Learn X in Y Minutes, but you actually, instead of having each, like I love X and Y minutes, um, but I'm also going to look at this too, because this is like, you're trying to do this in list language, but you have to use this other language that's like in the same family, but different. Uh, here's how you do that. Um, so, so I'm into it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool resource. What's it called? Po- Hyper Polyglot. Oh. It sounds kind of like um, Rosetta Code. Ooh. So do you, do you want to pick that? I'll mention it. Uh, <laughs> Rosetta Code is a site where it's like a wiki, and then you can like uh, look up a problem, like Hello World, for instance, which is a bad example, but and then it will just like list like sixty languages with Hello World. It has a bunch That's... of like katas and stuff on there. And, like here's what the bowling one would look like, I think. I figure like wait, where does that go? Is this going under like I do I get to steal it for my picks or? You can you can put it in there, sure. I, I'm okay. trying to find. Um, so this is the programming Crestromathy site. I'm trying oh, to find uh, Rosetta Code actually got a makeover. Rosetta Code. Yeah, it used to be real that? ugly. Yeah, wait, it this looks is really this nice is now. the makeover. This yeah. is really nice. <laughs> this is Bootstrap. It is. <laughs> this is literally the minimum, like minimum it, effort. I posted I posted a link to Hello World web server. So let me look at Ruby. Yep, it just requires WebRick and then spits out text. Cool. Yeah, this is pretty good. I think there's a party on my floor. Um, (laughs) I keep seeing people walking by with like trays of food and cups and (laughs) different things. Oh, you're at work. I'm thinking in your apartment book. I'm like, why is somebody having a party in that lunchtime? In the middle of the day. (laughs) Also, how are you seeing them when your door's closed? (laughs) So this might be a repeat, but... I'm going to pick this app called ProTube. I've been uh, watching more YouTube videos as podcasts lately. Uh, and I like ProTube because it lets you change the speed, which the YouTube app doesn't let you do. Uh, not anywhere that I can find, at least. Uh, so you can queue up like a conference video, uh, up the speed to like one and a half, and then uh, close the screen, and it'll just be audio only. And you can just kind of listen to it like it's a podcast. So my pick will be uh, ProTube along with the Confreaks channel, which just posted a bunch of new uh, Ruby conferences. Uh, Javron? Um, I will pick uh, my music pick. 
is uh, an artist that's spelled F-A-K-E-A-R. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. I uh, discovered that artist yesterday. Some good music. Um, and then, shit, I'm drawing a blank on my programming pick. Come back to me for programming. I just forgot it. Sorry. Justin, you go. Um, I'm going to pick uh, another podcast, uh, The Bike Shed. I don't know if you already picked this before, but there's an episode 61 that came out April 27th. Is that, yeah. is that the ThoughtBot? Yeah, it's a thought pot, like one. technical podcast, yeah. Or yeah, at least a I Ruby. Like the bike shed. Yeah, yeah. good podcast. Good. Uh, so episode sixty one, they started off with uh, a coding problem, which was you have a database of users. The users have entered their date of birth, and your business requirement is send them an email every year on their birthday. Um, and it was just fun problem to think about, like so. I don't. I don't want to give it away. Like, think about it for a while, and then go listen to it and see if you can the same solutions and problems. Um, there's a lot of like hidden like gotchas in there. All right, I remember it. It's a okay. talk from Closure Cons, uh, Closure West, um, and the title is Parallel Programming for Join and Reducers. Uh, it's by the person that wrote uh, Closure for the Brave and True. It's a really good talk. Uh, he doesn't really pretend, like, you will learn a lot of stuff about concurrent and parallel programming. Uh, there's not much closure in it to get. You don't have to know closure. Uh, the fundamentals, it's more of a fundamental talk. Those are my perks. Cool. So show notes are at turing.cool slash 83. Follow us on Twitter at turingcool, and I'll talk to y'all later. See you. Bye. Bye. Len, let me ask you a question. What's up, yeah. Len? So if you're if you're going to CrossFit, right, and <laughs> so you work out and you're sore, right? Uh, I'm, I'm delayed very onset sore. muscle soreness. Yes, it's exactly. The, the things down. Um, and like usually I get sore like the next day, like towards the end of the day, like almost like right before the the next workout if I'm doing like three days a week. Um, right. But it seems like in CrossFit, like you're always pushing yourself, right? Uh, like it never gets easier. You just like add more weight or reps or whatever, like time, um, whatever you have to do, right? Um, so does that mean like if you stick with CrossFit, like you're sore every day of your life? Yes, I, I was, I was, I pretty always much. Wondered that. I <laughs> why? Why is that a good thing? You just get used to it. It's fine. I don't want to. But be I mean, sore to the point of day. DOMS, like you shouldn't have DOMS. Like DOMS is if you are more sore two days later, like you overdid it. You should not well, be I'm, like. I'm more also sore. very weak. Like I'm like under like half of the prescribed thing. Like most of the time. Yeah. Um, no, that's, I mean, yeah, but you'll increase the weight and then you'll go faster and then things will like still hurt kind of. The one thing way. I'm looking forward to is like progress if, and stuff will happen. Like, I don't, I don't know if like this is like how it works, but like sometimes just prescribe weight. So like prescribe weight for today for like uh, an AMRAP, as many reps as possible was I think 115 pound barbell um, for deadlifts and uh, chest to overhead. Um, and I was at 65. <laughs> so I would right. hope that like once I hit like a pace where I can do like prescribed comfortably, like I'm not going to increase that just to make it harder for myself. I would rather just see how many I can do rather than increase the weight in that situation. Is that correct? It depends on the gym. I actually do like just going like way faster. So you normally stay at that weight and then just go really fast. Uh, some gyms like to like push the weight, but yeah, normally you see, you keep it in the same weight. Well, that was it also question. lets you have more of a baseline. Like you have, 
there's more competition just to like see people like in your class and know you're doing the same thing and try to, to beat them or the people that like are in your range. But when you all go on different weights, then you're not really doing the same workout anymore. My gym, at least my class that I go to is not very competitive with each other. Um, I don't know if I would like that. People aren't like vocally competitive, but I think you like, I don't know. I've always like known who's at my level and yeah, you won't be like loud and boisterous about it, but you'll kind of have like inside, <laughs> like I know what's going on here. Like so you have a whiteboard and your, your, your score goes on the whiteboard, right? Yeah. And you get some kind of mark if you did the prescribed weight or not. Yeah. The score goes up and everybody leaves yeah. <laughs> I, or I leave. A lot of people stay for a, for a stretched thing. Um, so you think that like in a year I will be less sore every day? A little bit, not much. <laughs> a little bit. Well, that's not very comforting. Do you, you uh, do people in the CrossFit community take any supplements or anything? Like not some many. Do. Go I do like BCAAs, branched amino acids. Okay. They're just like a protein. Okay. I don't intend on taking anything that I'm not eating from food. Do you look into branched amino acids? People actually say it helps with recovery. I'm sure it does. I just, I just like. Uh, I mean, ideologically also opposed help with to recovery taking... if you believe they do. That's <laughs> true. That's how it works. So I heard that bananas help with recovery. Justin. I like bananas. I and bananas, bananas all the time. are a lot cheaper than some sponsored, gross, nasty tasting powder. I mean, I got like a dozen bananas in the kitchen right now. Yeah, man. So get that potassium and shit. Maybe throw some peanut butter on there. You yeah, know, my, the nuts. my my protein additive is usually more peanut butter. Yeah. Or if I'm going to Wawa and getting a breakfast sandwich, it's like extra meat. Oh, I always <laughs> love when. So I was I was at uh, Indie Hall, the co-working space, the other day, uh, and someone who was visiting, not from Philadelphia. Like whenever you get to hear someone explain Wawa to someone. I really enjoy hearing that. Um, I just think it's really funny. It's a convenience like, store, but nice. Yeah, but it's like, but it's, it's I feel like it's almost not, but I don't know. But it's just like, like imagine 7-Eleven, but everyone actually loves it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, I mean, especially, I mean, obviously this is like related to me not like eating meat and stuff, but um, like, it's just like a store to me. Like sometimes I go and get cash out of the ATM and sometimes I like, actually, yeah, that's pretty much the reason I go there. <laughs> um, yeah. If but, I'm like really like, I need uh, food and like, I, like, I need, don't like, have the ability or, to stop somewhere or something like yeah, that. Or they like, have like, or they have like those, those, the hummus, like the little like ball things that are hummus and pretzel. Oh peppers. yeah. Or they got like the celery with peanut awesome. butter and yeah. Like, they're great. Like stops for like road trips. Yeah. Road trips in the limited uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey area. They also have um, also Florida. Quesadillas, really pizza, donut. They got donuts. Um, I was there the other day, and they had like this new display of uh, like granola and nut mixes. It was pretty good. It, it was a lot better than they used to have. If you want Xfinity Wi-Fi, they have Wait, commercials with that now. Wow! It just released a commercial saying like they have Wi-Fi. Uh, in the Wawa go stores, work in the corner. And, uh, well, they're like, you could use the Wawa app now on Wawa's Xfinity Wi-Fi. I haven't downloaded the app yet, but I want to see if I can order food from it. That'd be cool. Uh, and Wawa, all the Wawas in the suburbs are converting to what they call Super Wawas, where you can get gas. 
Are they why closing down the little ones? Oh my god. See, this is why, like, like, don't you see how that's funny? <laughs> like, like, for everyone else, like, in the United States, that's called a gas station in the convenience store. Like, it's normal. So, in Jersey like, especially. Like, it's not special. In, in Jersey, it's, you're not allowed to pump your own gas, right? Well, so, yeah, so there's weird. So, there's a gas station attendant that has to um, pump it for you, and I've had very mixed experiences, some very bad experiences with that. Um, That's unfortunate. And Wawa, I've never had a bad experience in New Jersey. Mm. Uh, mm. So it came to a point when we lived in Jersey that I would just always go to Wawa for gas and nowhere else. Mm. Um, I don't care much now. I just got Wawa gas this morning. You know how we don't have sponsors? What if we could be sponsored by Wawa? Oh, that would be awesome. And we just send them this episode and we just say, (laughs) I think we've explained ourselves and you should sponsor our podcast. It's like a convenience store, but everybody loves it, but kind of not. But kind of do. Kind of do. <laughs> so they have the breakfast sandwich. People in my hometown warmers. liked uh, ter- our Turkey Hills. Turkey Hill? Oh, up in uh, well, Northeast PA. Well, do you have sheets, though? I thought you we were do have sheets. sheets. Okay. But sheets is, like, overwhelming. It's like the Walmart of convenience stores. I had never seen a turkey so hill big. where I grew up in, in Philly suburbs, um, but we always had Turkey Hill like um, tea cooler, which is like iced tea and lemonade. Yep, that was great. So we had Turkey Hill like products, <laughs> but no actually Turkey Hills. Turkey Hill ice cream. 